Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 154. You've got Chris and Brian once again, and today we're going to talk about how we go about doing hard things on a regular basis, um, what we consider hard things to be, and then some of the sustainment things that we do to help us be able to do that um, so we can keep our bodies in top physical condition, uh, or at least support you know, a fair amount of, I don't know if I call it abuse, but like there's some wear and tear when you're trying to do physical stuff, you know, on a daily or relatively, you know, frequently basis. Yeah, frequent basis. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we this this comes directly out of we've done some some podcasts, you know, where we've touched on health. Uh, we've touched on health from a diet perspective. We touched on health from a uh, working out perspective, and then we've touched on you know the you know doing hard things like running, you know, making your range session with drills with hard skills. Um, hard skills learning and hard skills incorporation or hard skills practice. Um, but, you know, this is kind of, you know, guys asking, you know, well, what, you know, get, can we maybe dig a little deeper into some of that or dig a little deeper into the why behind it and the how behind it. So we're going to touch on some of these things today. This is probably not going to be the last podcast on this subject because it is something that comes up. Um, and I think maybe some of that's driven by COVID. Um, maybe some of that's driven by enough of our clientele are, are not, you know, sub 30 year old. Um, you know, so, you know, when you're young and you're healthy, you don't think a whole lot about doing hard things unless there's a reason for you to. Uh, we do have a lot of LEO guys and a lot of military guys who think about wanting to be hard because they may need to do things that are physically difficult or mentally yeah. challenging or whatever. Um, but for, for me, you know, at my age, you know, you hit 50 plus and you start looking at like guys like Pat McNamara, um, who talks a lot about maintaining the combat chassis. Um, you look at some of the workouts that he does, if you see any of his videos and stuff like that out there online, um, a, a lot of this is, is as you, as you increase in age, there are parts of your body that don't recover the way they used to. So maintaining strength to prevent injury, uh, maintaining flexibility to prevent injury, um, is, you know, those kind of things are a big deal. Yeah. So, it's, you know, um, to jump in, yeah. uh, Ben Bergeron, he runs CrossFit New England. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, the idea is when you're 90, you want to be able to get up off the toilet by yourself. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I, I go back and I say this all the time. Um, there, there was a, a dude who, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was uh, one of the original fitness guys, like a Joe Weider um, back in the day. I mean, these dudes were guys that were like chasing Mr. Olympia in like the 40s, 30s, 40s, 40s and 50s anyway, um, who, who really founded the fitness industry in the U.S., um, which is a whole nother conversation about that because there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there. Uh, but, but the, one of the dudes was on Carson and I, I'll, his name will hit me probably as soon as we're done with the podcast, but he talked about doing a hundred deep knee bends every morning. And at the time the whole, Oh, you don't want to do deep knee bends. You'll wear your knees out. And so, so they do a hundred deep knee bends every morning and, and Carson or whoever it was was like, why? And he's like, so I can do them tomorrow. And it's the exact same conversation. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to hit seventy or eighty years old and still be able to move around, um, be able to do things. Um, and and if you if you're not doing them today, the likelihood that you'll be able to do them tomorrow decreases every day that you don't do them today. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, so I, I work out. I, you guys have heard us mention Wolfie and Flow Fitness or Flow Strength. Um, I work out with those guys a couple few days a week. In the morning, we throw kettlebells around. We we lift heavy things. We push heavy sleds. We drag heavy things. Um, you know, and do all kind of crazy crap like that. The reason I do it isn't because I'm trying to become something that I, I don't need to be or want to be. It's I'm doing it so I can do it the next day. Um, because I like to keep that up. You know, I'd like to be able to run around with my kids and my grandkids and go hike and climb mountains and crap like that. 
uh, go hiking, carry packs, uh, maybe pack out a, an elk someday um, with a kid or a grandkid, something like that, and be able to do it. But that's that's kind of the why, um, you know, and we'll talk maybe a little bit about the how, you know. So absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you want to hit diet first or do we want to go into some yeah. of the things we do? I'd say diet. Um, diet's kind of the one thing a lot of people tend to overlook. Yep. Um, <laughs> most important thing. Yeah. Um, to be honest with diet, <laughs> sugar is poison. Yep. Uh, say it again. Sugar is poison. Yep. Um, soda, um, energy drinks. Anything with added sugar, um, if you look at the label and you're like, wow, this seems like it has a lot of added sugar in it, Yeah, uh, it's probably something you should avoid. Yep. Um, yeah, just getting your body off of sugar um, will make dramatic improvements, not only in performance, um, but in sleep and the ability to kind of sustain energy um, and to keep doing. It allows your body to work off the fat stores you have, Yep. Um, especially when you're in the aerobic function zone, um, as far as heart rate stuff goes. Um, so if you're, if you're one of those people that, you know, you're constantly got a big gulp or whatnot, um, yeah, throw that shit away. Yep. Uh, I'd say diet soda is right up there. Um, all that carbonation well, and the, turns the, into stuff that kind of eats your bones, it leaches yeah. calcium. Well, and the crap that's the, other the, crap that's the fake it. sugar um, the crap that's the fake sugar honestly does the similar, does the same things to your brain from an addiction response, um, that the actual sugar does. So the things that are fake sugars hit your brain the same way and make you crave it. So maybe you drink diet soda, so you're not getting all the sugar in the soda, but it still affects you wanting other sweet things and sugar in general. It still hits your brain in the same fashion. Um, and, and if this is something you struggle with and you're one of those people who's very pragmatic and you want to understand the, uh, the, the mechanics of it. Um, there's, there's a book that does not read like a textbook, but, but probably should be, and maybe is a textbook, uh, by a nephrologist named Dr. Jason Fung. It's called the diabetes code. Um, outstanding book on understanding why part of why caloric restrictive diets are, are generally a temporary thing because part of weight loss and maintaining a healthy body and healthy diet is mental, um, because it, it, it's how your brain works. So, a lot of it is, you know, well, how come I do this yo-yo diet thing where I've lost the same 20 pounds five times in the last 20 years kind of mentality. Um, there's a discussion around getting away from sugar, getting away from things that cause, you know, that glycemic response, cause yeah. your body to want to store fat. Um, and a lot of that is, is eating clean. Uh, you can call it, you know, it's, it might be similar to paleo. Um, it's probably not keto. And not that there's anything wrong with keto. If you do keto, that's cool. But most folks do keto, again, in a yo-yo. Very few folks do keto and maintain it. Um, you know, and, and that's that's a tough thing to do. And the other thing is the conversation around leaning out. If you get down around 8 or 10% body fat, that's like bodybuilder shit. That's like going to flex competition stuff. And generally, it's not healthy. Those guys yeah. will tell you flat out. Um, maintaining, you know, a, a single-digit body fat percentage for a while is not a healthy thing. It looks good. It looks good. But yeah. but it'll, it'll hurt you in the long term. The other part of diet, too, is if you look at, you know, current SF guys, I've read a couple different articles here recently that are attributed to guys with blacked out names, <laughs> Master Sergeant, Master Sergeant Deleted or Master Sergeant yeah. Obliterated, um, you know, who, who are writing about what you're putting in your body and the fact that even, even the high speed military community and performance community is going away from beach muscles and, and abs to what, you know, to metabolic conditioning. What can you do on demand for an extended period of time? Um, to save your own ass 
not what looks cool in garrison and how does your uniform fit and stuff like yep. that. It's performance based. Um, so the diet thing, you know, definitely the sugar is huge. Get sugar out of the way. Um, and then also, you know, sh shop around the perimeter of the grocery store. We've talked about this before. Generally, the stuff in the center of the grocery store is not refrigerated, so it has to have chemicals in it to keep it from going bad. Not all of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. A lot of it has added sugar. A lot of it has added sugar. And and keep your and then from there, p pick up the damn box or the can or whatever and read it and see what's actually in it. Um, one thing the industry's done over the last decade is people are complaining about you know too much salt in everyone's diet. Well, the reason is so many people are pre-diabetic. Um, because they eat too much sugar, and then you get salt mixed in with that, and it creates blood pressure issues and all kind of other crap. And so they've kind of realized that you know salt being used as a preservative, if it's canned stuff, it doesn't necessarily need to be there. If it's dry stuff, it might. Um, but read the label and see what's in it. If you're picking up stuff that has more than, like, say, I'm going to say five, six ingredients max, maybe more like three or four ingredients, read it. See what's in it. See why you don't want to eat it. Find a reason to not eat it or not take it home. Um, the other thing I'll throw out there is the health food, the low fat, the no sugar, all the bullshit like that. Um, eat real foods. Eat stuff that goes bad. Uh, vegetables go bad. Uh, areas like anti-bread or anti-carbs or whatever. Pick up the label and read it. If the bread will go bad in a few days, if, if you take, uh, you know, the thing you see, go, go on YouTube and, and search for a video about McDonald's products sitting on a shelf in someone's garage that like literally six months later look the same as the day you or bought six them. Years later. Yeah, they dry out, but I mean, they don't, they don't mold. Um, you know, and so, you know, and, and so just be aware of that if, it, if you're going to eat bread, you know, bread, eat fresh stuff and limit the quantities. Don't be an idiot. A lot of diet yeah. is moderation. Um, and then the, the last thing I'll say about it is if you're looking at the industry out there, if you think someone from the food industry is trying to help you be cautious with that, they're trying to sell you something. If you think somebody from the workout or exercise or fitness industry is trying to help you they're trying to sell something um i'm not saying that everything out there is a gimmick or useless i'm saying that a lot of things out there are gimmicks and are useless uh, there's a whole bunch you can do by going out and finding a chunk of wood or a rock and picking it up and moving it around that literally you don't have to go buy anything to go get a workout in uh, you could walk you know yeah. down most hiking trails and most parks and find something to do um, but in the food industry to put a sharp point on it Back in the 50s, uh, food scientists figured out that uh, his brand of, of, of pasta sauce um, was getting its butt, was just they couldn't get any traction in the market, so they threw sugar in it. Uh, within two years, they'd taken over 60 or 70% of the market. It was like General Mills or somebody like that, um, and they, they literally threw sugar in it. They yeah. threw sugar in it, and all of a sudden, he's outselling everyone else. Sugar's addictive. Um, the food industry is not your friend. The food pyramid is bullshit. It's backward. Um, so throw that shit away or flip it over. I don't care what you want to do. Um, but understand that you're never going to out-exercise a bad diet. Or it's very, very difficult yeah. to out-exercise a bad diet. It better be your job to out-exercise yeah. a bad diet. So uh, I'll stop harping on that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, the diet part. Um, it's hard. Know, what, what goes in food-wise and nutrition-wise is what supports your recovery yep. uh, along with sleep. And your ability, quite honestly. Yeah. If you don't fuel it right, it won't work, um, and, and, and you'll fight it. Yeah, trying to do hard things on a calorie-restrictive diet for more than about a week yep. is kind of a recipe for failure as well. Yep. Um, it's important that your body gets the calories it needs, gets the proper calories it needs yeah. uh, to sustain activity um, and to support recovery. Uh, if, you, if you're in a calorie-restrictive diet and you're trying to do hard stuff all the time, um, your body's probably going to fight to hold on to everything it can. Yep. 
because uh, it wants to maintain that that reserve or maintain you know what it thinks is it goes into starvation mode. Yeah. Um, so you'll actually you have a tendency to cannibalize muscle. Yep. For energy um, yes. versus trying to burn fat. Uh, so it might seem a little bit counterintuitive, but if you are starting to get into, you know, doing activity on a regular basis, you know, get into where you're, you're refueling with the proper amount of good calories. Yeah. Um, having a heart rate monitor, be that an Apple watch, a Garmin, um, something like that, whatever. That, yeah. that gives you, you know, activity over time. You can plug in your height, weight, yeah. um, whatnot should give you a general guesstimate of kind of what you're burning calorie wise during activity and then also throughout the day if you're able to wear it all day long um try to you know, replace um maybe you know three to five percent over replacement yeah um so that your body feels like hey i'm fully fueled let's go do this again tomorrow yep versus being like oh i, I don't have any energy yeah um, and if you refuel with good yeah. stuff that'll help a lot the other thing you run into is if you refuel with crap stuff inflammation is an issue and you feel beat up because yeah. your body's constantly fighting that recovery aspect of it. And so if you're not doing things that, you know, if you're not shoving shit down your gullet that, that isn't, you know, that's bad. If you're not shoving stuff down your gullet that's, that's bad for you, you don't feel the same way. You feel a whole lot better. Your recovery's faster than all that matters. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So like I said, if we're in, and again, guys, if you're used to eating everything on bread, if you're used to eating sandwiches and French fries for lunch every day, um, if you're used to getting up in the morning and having toast and this, that, and the other, and that's your or a bowl of cereal or whatever. Um, there's a bunch of this stuff, you know, that I, I'll, I'll get, if, you know, if you want to come in and talk to us about it, I'll get weird with you about stuff I stopped eating. I don't eat a whole lot of bread anymore just because the, the inflammation from gluten and whatnot, um, which sucks because I love freaking good fresh bread. Uh, I have a customer who brings in fresh bread occasionally for us. I eat that shit. Um, I don't care. It's it's that damn good. Yeah. yeah. There's, so, to jump into the, the bread thing for yep. a minute. Um, doing bread that is fermented, um, yeah. so things from actual sourdough, yeah, actually have tend to have good um, good implications for your gut. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> like we've been saying, not all food is created equal. Yep. Um, if you know, do your TikTok on making your own sourdough or whatever. Yeah. And then eat that bread, um, but stay away from the you know, the Wonder Bread at the store that's exactly. just chock full of preservatives. Yeah, and it's gonna yeah look will look the same thirty days from now. Um, and I do the same thing with dairy. Uh, I got clued into the idea. I used to drink a gallon of milk every couple days on my own. And, and we, as human beings, we are the only species of animal that utilizes the milk of a different species. Um, and it's weird. It's not just weird. I wonder who the first guy was who thought, I'm going to go drink out of that. Um, you know, but anyway, and then beyond that, like I said, the, the, now, then, then flip to that yeah. fermented dairy. Um, you know, cheeses, sour cream, stuff like that generally. Yeah. And again, in reasonable quantities, understanding an ounce or less at a time is probably the amount you should be yeah. eating kind of mentality. Uh, it's probably not as bad for you, but, but dairy can jack up your gut and cause inflammation, etc. Oftentimes is loaded with added sugar. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. The, a lot of yogurt and stuff. Yes. Uh, oh my God. Pumped full of yep. added sugar, um, to yep. make it feel, make it taste really good and to make it attractive and make you want to buy it over and over and over again. Yep. Uh, yeah, frightening the amount of sugar that gets thrown in a to lot everything. of products and stuff. Yeah, but to everything. I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. I mean, one of the uh, easy substitution for bread that's actually really low calorie too is corn-based tortillas. Yep. Um, throw them in a toaster oven for 30 to 45 seconds. Yeah. And then make your sandwich out of that 
Um, two tortillas is generally somewhere between 70 and 90 calories. Yep. Uh, which is equivalent to one slice of bread. Um, and then I think the way the body processes corn. It's totally different. Uh, totally different from yep. doing wheat. Yep. Uh, I've been running. My, my breakfast is a, a, call it a lunch sandwich. Yeah. Um, on tortillas, I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's worked really well. Yeah, and you do, and again, you don't get that glycemic response. You don't get that yeah. crash. Um, you know, forty five minutes later, after your body's in the middle of processing it, uh, and and you can, and there's there's some creativity here too, guys. You know, we we you know, mini pizzas on corn tortillas gives you a basically a cracker crust or thin crust pizza, yeah. but without all the gluten, without all the flour and crap like that. Um, and again, that's not the end of the world. I'm just saying, you know, limit it as much as you can. If you can kick it completely out, that's probably better for you. Sugar, I'm I, I'm not willing to negotiate a whole lot on sugar, and and I'm sugar's poison. I am a crack addict when it comes to sugar. Um, I love anything baked, um, cakes, pies, etc. Not a big candy guy, but like anything you know baked. And oh my god! So there's gluten and there's sugar both, and I got away from that. I don't have anywhere near the knee pain, ankle pain, and crap like that that I had previously. And the same thing with getting away from dairy. Um, you know, I was one of those dudes who was, you know, popping a Zantac damn near every day or, or taking, you know, a couple of Tums. And when I stopped doing the dairy, that went away completely. I don't have indigestion. I don't have all that crap and I sleep better. So yeah, you cleaned up a lot of sinus stuff too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get sinus stuff all the time, colds and crap all the time. And all that literally went away almost completely, uh, from getting, from not doing any, and not doing dairy that's not fermented. Yep. Unfermented dairy, I don't, I don't, I don't do it anymore. So, yeah. yeah. On the diet side, if you're looking for additional resources. Because I love it. <laughs> um, there's a cookbook slash textbook <clears throat> called Nourishing Traditions. Um, highly recommended. Yeah. And then um, the other books put out by the Weston Price Foundation. Um, yeah, really good stuff yep. on, on the nutrition end. Uh, it's what Americans ate in, call it like, between like probably 1890 and 1910. Yeah. Uh, back when guys were on farms doing hard things every day because that's what they did for a living. Well, pre, pre, or we're at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, but yeah. before food became an industry. Food was still local. Food still went bad. You still ate winter crops. You ate winter meals and you ate summer meals, depending on what was, or, you know, spring and fall meals, yep. depending on what was available. Uh, you know, that farm-to-table mentality. Um, but you'll find that when you, when you find somebody who's, who's over 40 or 50 years old and they're lean and they're in good shape, um, they will tell you that, that six-pack abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Um, you find somebody that's made it longevity-wise to 40, 50-plus and still looks like they've got the body of a 20-something-year-old. Uh, it's their diet as much as it is their workout. And they probably built that muscle mass before they got there, and they're just maintaining it um, more than likely. Because once you hit that 40, 50-year-old, especially as a male, testosterone levels have dropped enough that without some help from a doctor, you're, you're probably not going to get there or, or a syringe. Um, choose your poison there so uh but anyway you know understand yeah. that understand that the guys that look good and are beating on it are um they're they're, they're doing it and the, they're doing it with discipline every day at every meal every time they sit down to eat a meal that's where the work's done mm. uh, the gym's just something they enjoy and take stress off generally so yeah yeah i'm um, getting back to the like on the gym slash workout side yeah uh, mobility and core fitness yep. uh, so building uh, your core is what connects the two parts of your combat chassis together yep. and allows you to transmit power from your legs into your upper body or lets your upper body get your get your legs back on the wall, yep. in my case. Absolutely. You know, doing climbing stuff. Um, you know, really important to, to maintain good core strength yep. and then the mobility that goes kind of along with it so that you can actually move in a good fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it's really easy to just kind of be like, oh, I'm going to pick up heavy thing and you know, pick it up and drop it and do it over again. But if you don't have, you know, the core strength to kind of connect everything and then also the mobility so you're not jacking your back, jacking yep. your knees, yep. um, a good full range of motion um, is really important. Yeah. And, and I would say a big part of that is going and finding a gym uh, where if you're new to this, you can find a trainer who can safely get you in the game with this. Um, go and find somebody who can coach you and counsel you into proper technique, um, especially when it comes to um, multi-movement, when it comes to compound movement type exercises, um, you know, cleaning jerks and stuff like that, or picking up heavy things. And, yeah. and the other thing, too, when you talk about the core, you know, again, Pat, Pat Mack talks about being able to transmit power or energy through the transverse plane. Um, everybody says, oh, don't twist when you're doing anything. Don't ever twist. Well, that's, that's kind of bullshit because you're going to twist when you do everything in the real world. So, so getting the muscles around your back and your abdominal cavity to be strong to support your back so that you don't jack up your lower back and its integration with your hips uh, is a yeah. really big deal. And, if you, and that's something you should work on first. And that's something where things like kettlebell swings or picking up things like sandbags, maybe not 300 pound deadlift, but picking up a 60 pound sandbag over yeah. and over again, or being able to do burpees um, and those kinds of things where you tie both ends of the chassis together are critically important before you start lifting heavy things. So if you have somebody who's immediately got you pushing significant weight and you have never done it before, haven't done it a hell of a long time, be very cautious of that person because you should be spending probably a couple months getting everything else ready to do that first yeah so yeah. yeah on the on the on the call to moving of heavy things side yeah um moving moderately weighted things a whole lot yes is much better yes um, than trying to move a really heavy thing a few times yeah uh if your your current weightlifting program um involves things like bicep curls and isolation exercises um that was not state-of-the-art in 1970 it yep. still sucked in 1970 yeah um, it's just that the guys on the cover of the magazines were all doing bodybuilding yep and arnold schwarzenegger made it popular yep um you know doing like big compound movement so kettlebell snatches yep um kettlebell swings um right. think, kettlebell slingshots so, well slingshot and, and still yeah. pushing into picking picking up something heavy like a sandbag or sandbag a log stuff. or something like that um yeah but more in the yeah. call it like the 35 to 53 pound range yep uh, and then doing a lot more reps uh, versus you know we're talking you know 10 to 15 reps per set and yeah. a whole bunch of like 10 sets yeah 10 uh, sets yeah absolutely or more uh, versus you know doing five by five or what you what you would probably see in like a, a high school football yeah, in like a BFS, like a bigger, faster, stronger program. God, I just dated myself big time there. But like a BFS program from the 80s and 90s um, was about taking pliable young athletes and making them bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, it, you know, so with, along with that, when you take that same chassis and double the age and double the amount of miles on it and put it at 40 years old, um, shit tends to break. Uh, you start to realize that, again, because those testosterone levels, you're not going to gain a whole lot of mass, again, without some chemical assistance, more than likely, or a whole lot of time and energy in yeah. a really tuned diet, um, you know, meaning you're doubling your body mass times two in grams of protein lean taken in every day, which is more chicken breast than most human beings can stand to eat uh, kind of mentality. Um, you know, so that, again, we're back to I want to be strong. I want to be able to move shit and do work. Uh, I want to be able to move me and do work with me yeah. and not get hurt doing it and and that's what you're talking about is the way to do it uh what you're talking about is you know moving those things around doing some dynamic stuff 
uh, pushing a sled for a sprint, pushing a super heavy sled for a not sprint, you know, and doing just different stuff like that yeah. where you're you're utilizing literally from your hands to where your toes touch the ground to make it work. Uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, stuff like yeah. farmer's carries, suitcase yep. carries. Yep. Uh, sled pushes, really sled good. pulls, picking something up. But, well, holding a kettlebell over your head and walking 50 yards with it, you know, doing that. Kind of, and the other thing, too. Um, picking up something, again, moderate weight, uh, a 30 to 50 pound kettlebell or chunk of something and doing squats or lunges, single leg stuff. Uh, if you're one of those old guys, who's like, yeah, my ankles and knees are beat up. I can't do blah, 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 blah anymore. Bullshit. Start doing lunges. Um, you know, go, go start doing single leg movements where your ankle, those small ankle stabilization muscles, those small knee stabilization muscles, um, you know, get things tightened up and will let you get back into doing squats at a moderate weight and moderate amounts. And, and also bear in mind that as we get older, you'll hear people say things like, oh, my balance is just not as good as it used to be. Uh, your balance is probably just fine because your brain tunes that shit pretty well. Unless you have some legit medical issue uh, from a neural perspective, your balance is probably just fine. You're used to standing up and not falling down. Uh, you've been doing it for quite a while. The issue is is those, you stop using those small stabilization muscles, working out, doing athletic uh, dynamic things. And so your, your chassis doesn't, isn't getting carried as well um, in how it connects to the ground. And doing single leg stuff and hard things will work those little stabilization muscles. Uh, and that includes stuff in your hip and lower back too. Um, and you'll find that if you're strong, you have better balance, uh, quote unquote. It's actually, yeah. you got weak. You got weak in the shit that you needed yep. to stabilize you. So, yeah. Yep. So just. Yeah. That gets back to where having that strong core is yep. important again. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, and it's it's important in every single thing you do. If you sit at a desk all day, in a chair all day, your back should probably not be touching the back of that chair. You should be sitting up and using your core. If you haven't done any abdominal work or any or any back strengthening work um, in 20 years, that's probably really hard for you to do. And generally, people who are taught good posture at a young age um, will maintain it throughout their entire lives. And there's a lot of, of really good health reasons to do that, that we're seeing so many problems with posture causing breathing issues, causing core strength issues, causing blood flow issues, and stuff like that from people being hunched over looking at computers, screens, phones, etc. Um, to be aware of that too, I might actually throw that out there. That might be hard too, is to set the damn phone down and go yeah. do some work. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, do we want to beat on the gym? I mean, do we, is that, is that kind of cover? Yeah. The other, so simple, the other, the other simple. big thing, uh, when we start talking about, you know, doing hard stuff every day, um, starting out, if you haven't done, <laughs> done anything in a while, yeah. um, look at what you're able to do as more like a hockey stick yep. than a, um, like a ripto curve. Um, so, okay. Um, if you don't know what, like Google the Mark Ripto. And kind of his starting strength curve, yep. and what that looks like, and then, uh, I mean, this honestly, like I look at this as more like the Mark Stein hockey stick curve, uh, which is another thing you can Google. Um, his thing was on climate change, or denouncing climate change, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but we're looking at you know we're building a base, and building that base is going to take some time, and yeah. if we look at having you know good weekly and then monthly. And ultimately yearly volume yeah. um, of work done versus going in and absolutely killing yourself one day in the gym yep. and then not being able to do anything for three or four days. Um, it's better to have you know that higher weekly and monthly volume. Um, so you're doing something every day or you know, call it four to five days a week yeah. 
um, versus you know one or maybe two days a week because um, you're just too sore and not able to recover fast enough to support it. Uh, so starting out may feel like it's really slow and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, you get to the point where, okay, now we're in a position we can actually kind of attack. Yeah. Uh, and that hockey stick really takes off once the base is there. Yeah. And, and you know, and a part of that too is, again, back to grease and the groove and technique and stuff like that with, with lightweight high reps. And, and high reps aren't in one day. High reps are over time. Um, greasing the groove with that kind of mentality so you're using good technique and not hurting yourself uh, and the other thing too is good technique also creates can create less muscle soreness um, and stuff like that too so you know bear those things in so mind a lot less lot less chance of soft tissue injuries yep, yep. and connective tissue injuries yeah um, you know if you got cartilage and stuff tendons ligaments all that needs strengthened all that needs strengthened. just the same and those kind of things generally take three to six times longer than your muscles to get strong. True, true statement. And and again, beyond 40 years of age, without a perfect diet, are way susceptible to injury if they haven't been used. Um, the rubber band is like that 20-year-old rubber band you pulled out of your junk drawer in the kitchen that you went to put on something and it snapped immediately uh, because it hadn't been used in a hell of a long time. Same kind of mentality. The good news for you is you can bring it back to a pretty good pliable condition with working with it in proper diet and a little bit of movement, stretching, etc., um, being wise about it. Yeah. Um, and, and guys, uh, you know, Brian mentioned, you know, your per day, per week, per month, per year numbers and stuff like that. This is a lifetime thing. Again, the push for me and a push for a lot of folks, I think is that is, is, is longevity. And the earlier you start, the better off you are. It's no different than like a retirement savings mentality. The more you do early on, the more you put into it early on, the better you're going to be down the road, but the magic of compound, interest. the magic of compound interest, but you've got to keep with it. Um, and so, you know, just that mentality around staying with it and doing doing a little bit every day is 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 a really big deal from a longevity perspective. But it's also a really big deal right now if you need it. And you know, if you need it, you needed it yesterday. You did, you don't need it in three months. If it's a fight or if it's yeah. a, a saving someone's life, getting someone out of harm's way, if it's something somebody you care about, I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than not being able to grab your spouse and pull them out from in front of, you know, whatever danger to grab somebody and not be able to pick them up and drag them out of a burning building or something like that, just simply because you're too weak to do it. Yeah. Um, because you never put in the work. Um, that's why you do the hard things. And that's, that's, that's why it's important. So, um, hammer on that. I think, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, we could go, I could go on and on and on about this. I could yeah. go on and on and on about this. Um, you know, I know some dudes that are younger guys who were complete and total studs, and now that they're older guys, they're complete and total studs, um, and that's just how it works. It's not saying you can't become a stud when you're 40, uh, but it's a whole lot more work, and there's all, they did all the learning. They were given the information and internalized it 20 years ago. It's a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The big thing, too, uh, the focus is on not getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, can't reiterate that enough. You know, safe. You know, I train with people that are half my age on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. And it takes a lot of effort sometimes on my part to go, don't don't chase them tonight. Yeah. Um, do, yep. do your program. Yeah. Run your program. Because um, getting injured, you know, yep. you know I got to be able to do this stuff tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. I got to get them to work. I got to, yeah. 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 Well, it's like keeping up with the guys at the gym. The guys that I work out with, a number of these dudes are, are former D1 athletes. Uh, who are my age, they're in that, you know, 45 to 60 age bracket, and they are the studs. They are the dudes running around with six-pack abs, 
um, and can do shit. They, and they've been and they've been able to do shit, and they never stopped doing shit their entire lives. And there are times I'm not that guy. I was I was the freaking E7, E9, E14, not D1 athlete. You know, I was the dude way down the chain. Uh, you know, not good enough to play college, not fast enough, not big enough, not strong enough. And so I'm trying to keep up with some dudes that are studs. And every once in a while, it's like, hey, let's back off this. But all those guys have that same mentality of longevity. And it is because yeah. you bring it in and you do the smart thing and the hard thing, but don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Um, guys, if we come back around to doing the hard thing, um, th- there's some suck here. Uh, you will hear dudes that, that do hard things for a living uh, when it actually freaking matters that say things like embrace the suck. Um, the suck is when you're going for your PT run on the beach and you know it's just a three-miler and the guy leading the run runs right past your stop point and you've been living mentally for that stop point for the last three miles at a seven-minute pace in the sand because you're that much of a badass you can do that. And then the dude runs right past your stop point. You just you just embrace it. You look forward to the suck because the more you look forward to the suck, the less the suck sucks. Um, and you will only learn that by doing it. Um, it's just that kind of mentality where you got to go out and do the work. Because the funny thing is, is you may be dreading that five thirty gym call every day, but by the time it's over, you walk out like ready to face the world um, and maybe even kick its ass, or at least yeah. Uh, on the brain chemistry side, part of that. Yep. Um, the, those are called endorphins. Um, your body eventually comes to see those as a good thing. Yep. Um, not as a like, oh, this really sucks kind of thing. Yep. Um, and it can kind of help replace that like craving for sugar in yes. some ways. Yes. Um, but it takes probably you know three weeks to a month of doing hard things to kind of get there. Yep. Um, to kind of re because you're in a lot of cases we're actually rewiring the what the brain is looking for. Yep. Um, from a chemistry's perspective. Yeah, cheapest rehab, the gym. Um, so do we want to jump into uh, like hard skills um, and, and take this over to the fighter? And we want to make that, save part that V2. For part two. Okay, so V2 coming up, guys. We'll be talking about doing hard things in applications, you know, where generally you want to have fun, whether that, you know, whether that's martial arts or whether that's going to the range and, you know, running guns. Running a gun's a martial art. Um, don't forget that. You know, it's still yeah. a fight. Uh, so we'll talk about that probably on the next podcast or down the road and kind of tie those two together then if that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. As long as, or as we come across more things, you know, kind of in this regard, we post them up on our social media. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Cap City Outfitters. And then on Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters 2. Um, we did have to create new IG because um, they put our old one down the memory hole um, because they are commie bastards yep. at Meta. Still. Um, still. Uh, they suck. They can go live in their virtual reality paradise and leave the rest of us in the real world alone. Yep. Um, yeah, also, <laughs> we have a website, capcityoffiters.com. On there, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor over at our storefront at silencershop.com. Um, be aware, Silencer Shop and the ATF are still working through a few headaches um, and getting the new eForms stuff for Form 4s um, fully up and running. Um, the ATF announced some things like individual certification without actually figuring out what it means. Yeah. Um, so do be aware of that. Uh, on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter, which comes out on Fridays, or drop us an email to info at capcityoffitters.com, and we will sign you up for the newsletter list. Uh, we are here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. 
and directly in front of the Aldi's, um, right next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, and you can find us here Tuesday through Saturday, um, 10 to 5. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.